Previously on At The Movies with Arch Campbell, Jen Chaney, and Lou Katz. Lou, you wanted to watch uh, an American pickle. Did you ever Did you ever find it? We found it, <laughs> we watched it, we ate it, and it was so, <laughs> and it was so-so. At The Movies with Arch Campbell, Jen Chaney, and Lou Katz begins now. Hello. I am Lou Katz, and I want to welcome you to the podcast that does its best to keep you up on the ever-changing world of entertainment with a capital E. And without any delay, let's welcome from Vulture and WTOP Radio, one of our favorite human beings and a decent critic at that, Jen Jen Chaney. Decent. Yeah. (laughs) With a capital D. Decent is a high compliment these days, actually. (laughs) And with her, by the way, for the record, longtime radio and television critic, also a decent kind of guy, we welcome to the podcast Arch Campbell. It's the first time anybody has ever called me decent, besides calling me long in the tooth. But here we are, and uh, let me add that we love when we have a guest on this program, <laughs> and it's a delight to welcome one of our longtime friends from Punch Drunk Critics, as well as WBAL and News Channel 8, Travis Hopskin. <laughs> you know what? We're just going to leave it at that. You know what? <laughs> Oh my God! Just be trapped so, like Madonna. I'm uh, uh, I'm glad we're laughing, but we're going to start with some uh, terrible news, and I think it's something we all want to talk about, and that is the passing this week of uh, Black Panther star Chadwick Boseman. And the news just came as a shock to everyone. And uh, where shall we start? What does it mean? Jen? Well, it was certainly a shock to me. I, I gasped out loud when I saw that news because mm-hmm. no one knew that he was suffering from from cancer, um, certainly among the public anyway. And he's, he was a very young and, and seemingly vital guy. So it really just took me by surprise. He was also an enormously talented and versatile actor who had, had played major, major roles, even in the short time that he had been, been in the business. And he just felt like he was, if you needed somebody to play a significant Black figure, he was your guy um because he did it so many times you know james brown uh obviously black panther thurgood marshall jackie robinson i mean those are major major oh. figures um and especially because he played black panther that was a, a crushing blow particularly to lose the man behind that character i am not king of all people i am king of wakanda and it is my responsibility to make sure our people are safe. What does this mean to the Black Panther franchise? Was he uh, recording a sequel? Uh, well, sequel's not, it's not started yet. They don't mm-hmm. even know. They don't really know a whole lot of what the sequel's going to be. And, 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 you know, I, I I posted about this when it first happened. I was a little, a little upset that people were already thinking about Black Panther without really thinking about the man who had just died. Going beyond his his roles, of which he played many significant figures in, in black history whose stories have never really been told on the big screen which is one of the reasons why i think people feel so close to him especially black people because he's been the guy to embody these figures for us when nobody else has not just those people mentioned but guys like floyd little we talked about james brown and jackie robinson and stuff like that but but um and of course our the first really big major superhero black panther of course there have been others but black panther is by far the biggest you know we got to 
to celebrate who the guy was. Yeah, we were surprised by the by this news. None of us knew that he was sick. Um, Did you meet just, him? Did you interview him? Have you spoken with him? Yeah, we interviewed him for for forty two, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I remember actually having a conversation with him afterwards about him playing a, a superhero soon after. And I and I was it was either Blade or or Black Panther that we had discussed, and he was eager to try to do either both because this was before he had, he had ever landed that role. So. Um, that obviously came to fruition, which is, you know, to all of our benefits. But um, as for as for where this this takes the franchise, I mean, I don't know. The, the likely scenario is they won't they won't recast the role. I, I wouldn't recommend they do that. And I don't think anybody wants to see that. He was such a big figure beyond that role. You know, just his his outreach to honestly to a lot of people who had cancer. He did a lot of cancer uh, outreach. You know, to, to to kids who had cancer and things like that. And uh, you know, we all just took it as him just being the good guy. He may have been actually trying to do something significant you know with whatever time he, he knew he had left and i think that i remember was, his so coming to town for uh james brown mm-hmm. and uh he loved to talk about howard university and to remind yeah. all of us in town that he was a howard alum and uh there's a a, a powerful speech he made uh, commencement for howard university i don't know what your future is but if you're willing to take the harder way the more complicated one, the one with more failures at first than successes, the one that has ultimately proven to have more meaning, more victory, more glory, then you will not regret it. I found him very open and interesting. I had an encounter. I was out of town and I went to see 42. And afterwards, I was walking out of the theater and a guy comes up to me. He said, why did they do that? And it was really a meaningful encounter for me, meaning why did uh, white people and uh, the baseball owners treat Jackie Robinson the way they did? And, and of course, I didn't have, I think I said fear, but it's uh, an encounter I've never forgotten. And I've always associated that with Chadwick Boseman. And I do think it's interesting that his, uh, that the list of roles he took has uh, such deep meaning. Yeah. I mean, he was most recently in, uh, what, The Five Bloods for Spike Lee as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he's played, he's just played 21, 21 Bridges before that. He did a lot in a really short amount of time. Uh, and almost all the roles he's played have been of some significance. You can, there are very few, like, really minor films that he did, unless you want to count, like, something like Gods of Egypt, which I think he would probably want us all to forget, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah, he's had quite an impact. And, and I imagine that when they do pick up on Black Panther 2, we'll see them pass the torch to another mm. character, probably Shuri, played by Letitia Wright. That's kind of the way it went in the comics for a little while. I imagine they'll do something similar or maybe do something interesting and bring back Killmonger. You know, I I wouldn't be surprised if they tried something like that too. But I, none of us knows how much Marvel or any of those guys knew about this at the time. They might not have known anything. We don't, we don't know. It, it seems like they didn't. I mean, you know, Ryan Coogler posted did something and it sounded like he was working on the next Black Panther starting to write some things which suggests that even he had no idea so it seems like a lot of people were in the dark about this which is kind of extraordinary yeah and if Marvel's smart they won't announce anything for for a while right quite a while Um, I just I think the question comes up uh, out of respect for the uh, for the work uh, that the Black Panther universe means so much for so many people and 
and is not meant as disrespect to Chadwick Boseman, but you know, we uh, people are are interested in where this series will lead. Uh, so, and, and that's that's part of the sting of his death, right? Because he was so uh, associated. So, any final thoughts? No, it just it Terrible. just feels like an enormous loss. Yeah, that was that was yeah. uh, that was insane to see that message pop up. Nobody saw that so, coming. Speaking of loss or gain, uh, we are hearing that more movie theaters are opening, uh, at least in uh, the Washington area and possibly in the state of Maryland, and they are already operating in Virginia. And uh, Jen, you have seen a couple of big titles. Did you see them? in a theater? I saw Tenet in a theater. Uh, mm. I saw Mulan in my own home. <laughs> <laughs> what, and I think what Travis theater? did too, right? What's that? Travis, you saw Tenet in a theater as well? I saw Tenet in a theater. I saw New Mutants the next day. And, okay. then, um, and then, yeah, I watched Mulan at home too. So, so for, how was going back to a theater for you both? Um, well, I mean, for Tenet, it was pretty much the way I would want it to be. I mean, uh, they took all the necessary precautions and things like that. There were only a handful of us there, so it wasn't that bad. Um, and and for, in the case of New Mutants, which was just a you know a general audience, uh, I bought my ticket for it and everything. I, I I scoped out the showings at the at the Tyson's Corner near me to see which one was the, the most empty <laughs> before I bought my ticket. Uh, my friend who came with me uh, was pretty much dressed in a hazmat suit. Um, so. <laughs> one thing uh but it was <laughs> this is going to be a play by ear sort of situation right i mean i just don't uh i i can't see them bringing back big screenings full packed full of people for quite a while so it's going to be like this playing it by ear which movies are the, are the safe seem the safest and that's the way it's going to be i guess yeah i mean the, the only reason i went to tenant was because it was a it was a press screening it was as travis said it was a controlled situation where we were in an auditorium that seated almost 400 people and I was told no more than 25 people would be in the auditorium and it turned out there were like seven of us total yeah so we were all yeah. very spread out everybody was wearing their masks at that point I it was also at Tyson's like the the rest of the theater wasn't even open yet mm. so there were no other members of the public the concessions weren't open so no one was eating concessions were open the next day oh, okay I think they they weren't even showing movies because it was too early in the day at that point like yeah. I didn't even see staff really yeah um but um that that was the most controlled environment that I could imagine and if I could control things to that extent every time I bought a movie ticket, then sure I would go, but you can't. Like, it's just not possible unless, you know, as Rocky suggested on our last podcast, that they reach a point where they let more of these chains let people like rent out theaters and you get to, you know, say 10 of my friends are going and we're each going to pitch in for the 200 bucks and then you feel more comfortable. But until things reach that point, I wouldn't feel comfortable necessarily just buying a ticket unless I did serious reconnaissance work like, like Travis did. Yeah, I think that's going to be the way you're going to have to do it. I mean, I'm not just going to go and go in blind for any of these things. Uh, it's always going to have to be reserved, you know, reserved seating where I can at least look at what the what it looks like. Right, so I can at least scope it out. Uh, in the case of New Mutants, I, I like I said, I looked, I looked for the the most empty, and then I went to the I found the corner where there was no one at. <laughs> there was no one at. Uh, fortunately, it was New Mutants, so it was really yeah. easy to find an empty theater. <laughs> So uh, it wasn't much of a problem. <laughs> okay, so that having having been said, uh, how is uh, tenant? Wow, that's a complicated question. Uh, yeah, and how is tenant? <laughs> 
if you if you ask me to explain Tenet, I don't think I could fully do that. I think that the set pieces in it are great. I think it's it's often really dazzling to watch. It is the kind of movie you want to see on a big screen. But more than any other Christopher Nolan movie, I often was like, I'm not sure I know what's happening. Like I think I do, but I'm not positive. Uh, and and you know, it's been a while since I saw Inception, but I do remember as as complicated as Inception was, I felt like I grasped it and understood it while it was going on. Whereas this movie was a lot murkier to piece together, I thought. Yeah. And much more of an intellectual, purely intellectual exercise. Like I didn't really care about the characters particularly. I, I think that's, that's, that's I think I, I agree with, with Jen on that. Um, I think at this point, Christopher Nolan is making experience movies more so than movies that necessarily make a ton of sense all the time. Um, and, and that's kind of the way I felt about Tenet. It's an exciting movie when you're there watching it. You know, the, the, the action sequences, I think, are some of the best he's ever done. I think it's definitely the biggest movie he's ever done. That includes Dunkirk, which is pretty huge. But yeah, I, I couldn't figure out every single thing that was happening. And the, the problem that I have with it is that it's all it's kind of a joyless movie, too, in some ways. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not there's not a lot of humor in it. Uh, Hamish Patel, who, who's a uh, great in uh, that movie yesterday um a year or two ago he has probably the funniest lines in the movie and he's not even in it that long uh robert pattinson's pretty good too everybody look everybody's good in the movie like elizabeth debicki is fantastic you know you know i i love this I stuff like so is john david washington but um but there's not a lot of humor in it it's very you know nose down and just kind of plowing through and at some point you have to make the decision to either go with it or not and i think there's a point where you they they, they almost force you to make that decision it's when they're hmm. sort of trying to explain what's happening there is a sp- specific scene where that is happening and at the after that if you're not down with it then you're not going to be down with it the rest of it. but I, I de- it's definitely one i'm going to have to see i think two or three times but if even then yeah um, you need to you need to waste that. more hours of your life <laughs> the only yes. thing i've seen that was more confusing than the that i've seen recently that was more confusing than that recently was charlie kaufman's i'm about this week which wow. is also like <laughs> So it's like, you know, you know, so whatever's going on this week, you know, everybody wants to wants to like melt people's brains this week, I guess. So it's whatever at home or not getting something like that. That brings us to Mulan, which uh, many people were uh, anticipating the live uh, uh, action version of the uh, animated Disney cartoon. And uh, Jen? I thought it was really well done. And I think it's a shame it's not going to be in theaters because it's, mm-hmm. Yuki Kara did a, a beautiful job of directing it. The colors in it are beautiful. I thought the action sequences are great. Like of the these live action remakes, this is one of the best, if not maybe the best that I've seen. I also don't have a particular attachment to the animated one in the same mm-hmm. way that I did to mm-hmm. like, say Cinderella or something. So I, I maybe I was more open to, to having it be live action and reimagined, but I don't know. I thought it was. I, I thought it was really well done. Yeah, me and Jen are on the same wavelength here too, man. I, I also am not particularly. I'm mean, not that I dislike the original Mulan. It's just sort of there as another one of Disney's movies for me. Um, but this is my favorite of their live action films, and maybe it's because it it, it has a little bit more action to it. Uh, Nikki Caro, who, who did a, a a very similar movie years ago called Well Rider, which is amazing mm-hmm. and one of my favorites has a lot of the same themes in it. She directs it almost like a wuxia film, the, that style of martial arts and that, that style of choreography. And I, I love that. And like Jen says, the colors are vibrant. Um, it's I think it hits on all the same themes and has a lot of the same heart as the original movie. 
without sacrificing very much. You know, some of the more cartoonish aspects obviously are not here, but some of them are right. referenced in different ways. And I think that's very novel the way she did that. I, I love this. And I, I, I too wish it was out in theaters for people to see. But if people are going to watch it at home, then I'd rather they be able to watch it whatever way is, is, is they can. It should be so seen. now here's what's rumbling around in my mind. Are movies a mass medium <laughs> now? You know, used to, a year ago, a tenant would be uh, considered mass entertainment. Now, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny to me is that this weekend is such a major test. It's a test of whether people are going to be willing to go back in theaters to see a movie like Tenet. Mm -hmm. And it's a test mm -hmm. of whether people are going to be willing to pay $30 to watch Mulan. And mm -hmm. it's Labor Day, which traditionally is the most non-interesting right. movie weekend of the yeah. year where nothing is happening it's the worst um, weekend of the year right yeah and and this year it's it's the opposite and um i think this is going to vary depending on where you are in the country probably in terms of how many people are willing to go to a theater i did notice uh i was just looking at a curiosity just at tyson's like at least the first showing of tenet because they, they've been doing them a little bit throughout this week it was mm -hmm. sold out that being said they're selling them out at like 40 percent capacity so yeah. it's not as many seats as they would have ordinarily sold. Um, but if I had to bet, I bet more people are going to watch, pay, be willing to pay and watch Mulan at home than be willing to go out and see Tenet. Yeah, I mean, we've seen people pay, you know, higher prices for movies at home already and movies do well. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I, I have a feeling that people are going to pay for Mulan. They're going to pay for it the way they did for other movies. I mean, geez, a movie like Scoob cost a lot of money for people to buy too, and, they, and people did it, you know, and people, Trolls World Tour, people paid more money for that, and people, and, you know, people did it, the movie did well. I, I imagine for a movie like Mulan that people were, like, really anticipating, and nobody was super anticipating those other movies, uh, people will pay for this, especially if they get to hold on to it for a while. Um, yeah. Which is why I'm surprised that Disney kind of let it out, that if you wait a little while longer, you probably won't have to pay anything at all, um because this whole premium access thing is uh -huh. just you know it's just until uh the movie comes out later which they said themselves you know um so it may be available on disney plus within a couple of months probably we shouldn't let that out there are there there are no figures to compare uh netflix and streaming to uh box office numbers are there known Netflix, Netflix is really secretive about it. It's, it's it's metrics, so it's it's uh, uh, it's a little bit of a mystery, and therefore hard to compare. They tend to only release information when it looks really really great, and uh, <laughs> like they'll they'll put out like, hey, these were our top ten movies of last yeah. month. And it's like, yeah, of course, yeah, those all look great. They don't show you what what did crap, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Jen, what is new this week on uh, Netflix and streaming? Uh, so on Netflix, there's a new series called Away that debuts yeah. on Friday. It um, stars Hilary Swank as uh, the captain of uh, International Mission to Mars. Uh, and it's obviously, it's about the dynamics between the members of the, the five-person crew. But it also, some of it does take place on Earth and you're watching her husband who's played by Josh Charles and her daughter kind of dealing with her being away and dealing with their own issues um, as well. Uh, you know, it's, it's a slow show. It took me to like the third episode to really start being invested in it. But it's, 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 it's well done. It has a lot of heart, but it, is, it's, it does feel slow. Even when there's really like intense problems that they're dealing with, 
it never feels like the stakes are as high as they should be because in your mind, you're like, everything on the show is probably going to turn out relatively okay. <laughs> like, so <laughs> that, she, might that get, she might get stranded on Mars, you know, yeah, she might get stranded on Mars. And then there's a sequel where it's like Hillary Swank, John, like John Carter style or something like that. Yeah. Still here. <laughs> Instead yeah, exactly. of away. Still gone. I mean, the more the more interesting parts of it, they, they do these kind of lost-esque flashbacks where mm -hmm. um, a different member of the crew is kind of a focus of an episode and you'll get to learn more about their kind of personal history prior to being on the mission. And, and when they do that, that's actually a little bit more interesting, honestly, than what's going on between... Uh, Josh Charles and Hillary Swank and their family. But let me lob this at the panel. I feel the same way about Lovecraft Country on hmm. HBO. I really I want to like it. And I'm continuing to watch it, but I don't like it as much as I want to like it. <laughs> I think that, I think that show was uh and I and I've I've enjoyed it so far, but I'm not I'm not blown away by it the way uh -huh. I was hyped up to be blown away by it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's and maybe that's my fault for putting too many expectations on it. The cast is incredible, story is incredible. Like in in theory, there's a lot of stuff that that I like about it, and I think I was just conditioned to think this was going to be Watchmen blow me out of the water. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what I think I was conditioned to to think, and it hasn't been that. It's it's taken a little bit of time for it to do that. Like I didn't like the first episode until maybe the last 20, 30 minutes, yeah. you know? And um, I, mean, I think what's hard is that, you know, each episode is kind of telling a different kind of horror story, but there's still a, an ongoing thread. And I keep losing track of the thread of the story. Mm -hmm. And also so much happens in each episode. Like I was talking to a friend who's like, oh, there've been like three so far. I'm like, no, you've only watched like one or two because they haven't <laughs> even had the third one yet. It just feels like you watch more because a lot of things happen in each episode. <laughs> Well, coming up, I'm going to ask both of you to list five things you really loved this summer. Are you ready for that? And I've got my list, too. But right now, let's uh, pitch it back to Lou Katz. I actually do want to take a second out to plug Hound Radio and the very special musical programming we have coming up for the Labor Day weekend. Check this out. What a summer it's been. You ready to go to work? Oh my God, I'm so ready to go to work. We're gonna give you a lot of briefings in the next week and over the next few weeks. We have a moral obligation to set something, to do something. 200 million Americans are experiencing unusually high temperatures. Yes, the summer of 2020 has been cruel, hot, stressful, and in many ways, one we'd like to forget about. So let the vets at Hound Radio take you away this Labor Day weekend with music. Hot town, summer in the city. Great songs that remind you of summer's past. I'm picking up good vibrations. Beach, baby, beach, baby, there are the sand. It's our Hound Radio So Long to Summer Weekend. It starts 5 p.m. Friday, September 4th and runs all holiday weekend long. Farewell, summer of 2020, from the station that's still cleaning sand from its musical paws, Hound Radio. At the Movies with Arch Campbell, Jen Chaney, and Lou Katz comes to you from the secret underground bunker studios of the Katz Podcasting System. Name five things you really like this summer. <laughs> um... I was a huge fan of Palm Springs, uh, the movie with uh, mm, Andy Samberg. I really? 
Love that movie. It might be my favorite of the year, honestly. It's really high up there. That's on Netflix? It's on Hulu. Oh, it's on, yeah. It's on Hulu. Um, I like the personal uh, history of David Copperfield with Dev Patel. Um, I really enjoyed that. That's um, uh, on Amazon Prime? or Yes, that is on Amazon Prime. I hear that's great. Yeah, I, I thought that was really funny and really clever in the way they kind of did colorblind casting for, for most of the movie. It's really, really good. Um, I love the documentary Boy State. It's like the, one of the few mm-hmm. things about politics I've really liked so far this year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I watched the HBO series uh, The Outsider, which I don't, I can't remember when it actually came out, but I really did dig it a lot. And um, I, I really enjoyed the movie um, The Burnt Orange Heresy, which is which has Mick Jagger and Kleis Bang and Elizabeth Debicki in it. Kind of a kind of a literary spy movie in some ways, heist movie. Um, I thought it was really, really well done. Jen, you want me to go so you can poke fun at me or would you oh, I'm not like poke fun at you? <laughs> You're welcome to do so. No, you, you go ahead. <laughs> well, I want to see if I can get a rise out of you with a couple of these because I was particularly taken by Dead to Me season two this summer and really enjoyed it as well as the plot against America on HBO mm-hmm. and the uh, Patton Oswalt uh, documentary on his wife, Michelle McNamara, I'll be gone in the dark. Plus I liked what HBO did with the movie bad education. And I discovered the best series of 2017 Uh-oh. <laughs> of French <laughs> village <laughs> Everyone's talking about it. Can't you hear it? <laughs> a French village got me through the summer, 72 hours worth. Is this that show you were talking about the last time yeah. I was here? Yeah, a French village. <laughs> Whatever it was. <laughs> it was the best series of 2017. What, what, what was it again? What's it called? A French village. Oh, that, that was the name. Oh. In 1940, <laughs> I thought that it's was seven, ser- seven seasons, starts in 1940, and it ends after World War II, and it's the Nazis and the collaborators and the resistance and the liberation and the trials, and it's, you know, it's, it's a wonderful piece of history of a time uh, that a lot of people don't uh, really uh, uh, consider, so uh, that's my summer. Okay, Jen, now the piece de resistance. Well, you, you I learned both that mentioned, word. Uh, you learned that from a French village? Yes. Please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you've mentioned, both of you, some things that I was going to mention. Um, uh-huh. On the movie side, I agree with Travis on, on Palm Springs and also Boy State. The, those left a real impression on me. Uh, I also loved I'll Be Gone in the Dark. I thought it was fantastic uh also on hbo uh, i may destroy you mm. uh, michaela cole's series yeah. which has a an incredible finale uh i thought that was a- absolutely excellent must watch television and uh i'm going to mention a, a different kind of docuseries that was on netflix this summer called lennox hill mm. about uh basically a medical team uh, people who do different things some are surgeons some are working in the ER, and it just follows these doctors it was largely filmed pre-pandemic, but then they also did, did a during the pandemic episode. And at a time when we are all sort of 
you know, thinking about our medical professionals and, and what they go through, it was especially eye-opening and, and poignant to watch. Lou, shall we shall we pick on Lou Katz? <laughs> What'd you watch this summer you know, besides I, an American pickle? Well, I, I, I think I'm, I'm the only person who probably saw that movie. No, I saw it. <laughs> well, that's two of us. Both of us. <laughs> I, I I thought that was goofy. I enjoyed it. Um, I liked Palm Springs too. Uh, I really I thought that was uh, I thought it was pretty cool. I, I liked that a lot. It it was like the the Groundhog Day thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, I brought that back. And uh, with the, I'm with you, Jen. I think the most riveting television I saw all summer was Lennox Hill. And I hear that they're going to be coming back with that. Have you heard about that? That they may be. No, I haven't heard, but that doesn't surprise me at th- all. That they may be getting together with the doctors and uh, resuming uh, s- some more uh, episodes on that. So Pandemic version. <laughs> exactly. Well, they did that. They did an episode about the pandemic. But, I mean, oh, I guess they wow. could do an entire season yeah. about that. Well, so uh, every week we uh, pitch it to Jen for a segment she calls Flashbacks and Favorites, which is her chance to really uh, embarrass uh, the rest of us. I don't think I've embarrassed anybody yet. (laughs) You may disagree. (laughs) This question I don't think is embarrassing. Uh, You know, it's for many of us, it's back to school, um, back to school for our kids, which, you know, back to school means they're in our house still. But it, it got me thinking about movies and TV shows about teachers. And I'm wondering if there's a favorite film or, or show about teachers that you particularly like. I am a particular fan of To Serve With Love, um, mm-hmm. my all-time favorites. What is it the matter? Those kids are devils incarnate, huh? I've tried everything. I like the show. I don't know, you guys, you guys probably remember it. Uh, Head of the Class, which was Howard Hessler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then Billy Connolly. I, I loved that show when I was younger. I can't remember when that was out. That had to be sometime in the late 80s, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I was a big fan of those shows. In terms of like more recent movies, I love Cameron Diaz and Bad Teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Lou, you got a teacher movie you like? Absolutely, School of Rock. I mean, come on. <laughs> really? Jack Black, I mean, I'm sorry. When I think of a teacher movie, that's the first thing that comes to mind. All right, look, I've got a hangover. Who knows what that means? Doesn't that mean you're drunk? No, it means I was drunk yesterday. Okay, I'm going to get really soppy, sloppy sentimental and mention Mr. Holland's opus. You remember that? Oh, yeah. It has come to my attention that you are teaching the students rock and roll. I will use anything if I think it'll help teach a student to love music. I had a band leader a band director in high school and uh it brought uh, the old ex- the whole experience back to me and uh and you know i, I thought it was quite sentimental but uh, really uh, lovely and that's what comes to mind okay jen <laughs> well lou took my answer i was gonna say school of rock um that's, <laughs> Sorry. i think jack black's speech about the man still very much applies it's timeless and 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 really uh, educational for everyone. It is a favorite of mine as well. Cool. So, uh, any final words uh, before we wrap things up? Anything coming up for you, Travis? Uh, not that I can think of. I was trying to think when was the next time that we're all going to be in a theater again for like a screening or something. And I was mm. I can't think of when that's going to be. Would it be for Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four, or No Time to Die, or I don't know. Uh, it was it was strange seeing everyone again, honestly. 
<laughs> after so long it was it felt weird uh, <laughs> it felt weird i haven't seen anybody since march and i don't know when i'm going to see everybody again so it's, it made it even weirder so i'm just like i don't know that's kind of where my head is at right now i don't know what's going to happen next Jen, anything coming up on uh, Vulture or WTOP for you? Well, yeah, I mean, I'll be reviewing Tenet uh, and probably Mulan on, on WTOP this week. Mm. And I'm working on a million things at Vulture, including something that is, is a group effort that also our readers can get involved in. Uh, we're doing a fall movie fantasy league where you draft oh. a team of, of movies. And it's, it's largely based on, will this actually do anything at the box office? Will it actually get released? Oh, it's very complicated and involves a lot of math. But it sounds like those uh, those that old eight was it HSX whatever that that fantasy game was where you 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 bet you did fantasy game you basically did a fantasy league of you know box office returns right. Um, so it kind of sounds like that. I want to play it is, a little I bit. Play. I want to play. Okay, Lewis, thank you for putting us together this week on Hound Radio, and uh, many thanks to Travis Hobson of uh, Punch Drunk Critics. Yep. And WBAL and News Channel 8 and Jen Cheney, I follow your work on Vulture and enjoy it very much. And Lou, how should we wrap? Well, this is Labor Day weekend, and I figured since we're doing our uh, So Long to Summer weekend on Hound Radio, we play one of the famous summer songs from Mungo Jerry in the summertime. Oh. From 1970. You must, you probably played that down in uh, Texas, didn't you? <laughs> See, there you I go. Did. In the summertime, when the weather is high, you can stretch right up and touch the sky. When the weather's fine, you got women, you got women on your mind. Have a drink, have a drive, go out and see what you can find. If a daddy's rich, take her out for a meal. If a daddy's poor, just do what you feel.
and see what you can find. If a daddy's rich, take a wrap for a meal. If a daddy's poor, just do what you feel. Speed along the lane, you can turn or return to 25. When the sun goes down, you can make it, make it good and only buy. When I bet people, when I daddy, when I mean, we love everybody, but we do as we please. When the weather's fine, we go fishing or go sailing in the sea. We're always happy, last we're living, yeah, that's our philosophy. Sing along with us, dee 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 dee. This is the CATS Podcasting System.